This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Is it a gadget? Is it a gizmo? No, it's gadgets and gizmos with Steve Kaplan and Simon Rose. So, where do we begin today? Well, we begin with Elon Musk, as we so often do. Elon Musk has finally bought Twitter for the $44 billion that he agreed to pay for it mm. when it was worth somewhat less than $44 billion. It's now worth very much less than $44 billion, but he had to buy it anyway. Mm. So his first act was to fire all the board of Twitter. Twitter, mm. including the chief executive. He's now the only director, although his Twitter biography uh, describes him as Twitter complaint hotline operator. <laughs> so there we go. Um, well, he does have a sense of humour. You have to give him that. He it's does have odd. a sense of humour. It is. <laughs> Didn't so he to bring uh, a sink with him when he arrived? He brought a sink with him, exactly. Yes, I yes. never quite got that gag. What a, what a wit. Well, kitchen sink, you know, yeah, changing uh, everything. Uh, yeah. Yes. Uh, so he's uh, one of the first things that he did, apart from sacking everyone, is to announce that he was going to let everyone back onto Twitter who had previously been banned from from Twitter. Mm. And the advertisers are saying, well, hang on a minute, we don't want to be associated with that, as do a lot of Twitter users, in fact. Uh, as Elon Musk said, he's not going to let them back in until after the midterm elections, so they can't affect that. But yes, of course, yes, general election yes. come in a couple of years. He, uh, the other thing he's done recently is to say, well, he's not interested in making money, but the advertisers say, well, maybe not, but we are. So, mm. you know, don't forget us. Uh, so he's now uh, installing uh, Twitter Blue, $8 a month for verified accounts. So if you are, for example, Donald Trump, then you can now actually be Donald Trump, but what all the other people who call themselves Donald Trump who aren't actually Donald Trump. I'm not even sure the real Donald Trump is actually Donald Trump, but there we go. Yes, yeah, so I wonder how many of the people with the, the blue tick accounts will actually want to pay. Um, uh, well, I imagine they will. I think if you're a celeb, it's probably worth uh, $8 a month to have people knowing that they're following you and not someone who simply mm. claims to be you. I guess so. You got a blue tick? I haven't. I rarely use Twitter, especially now. Right. I'm okay. not impressed. No. So moving on from there to China, China are very worried about um, COVID, as is everyone else. So they're more worried than most. And they're installing a seven day lockdown around Zhengshu, which shouldn't really affect the rest of the world, except Zhengshu is the site of Foxconn. Mm. Foxconn, the factory that makes, well, iPhones. Most of the new yes. iPhones are made in, in the Foxconn factory. Foxconn em employs 200,000 people at their factory. It's quite a big factory. It's quite a big factory. And a lot of people have been escaping from Foxconn uh, recently so they can get away from the, the lockdown area. Uh, but, of course, it is going to affect the number of iPhones that get made in time for Christmas, and there could well be a shortage if, uh, if there's a whole week of 200,000 people busily making iPhones who now can't busily make iPhones but just sit at home instead, wishing that they would uh, somewhere else. 
So everybody should be really careful and not drop their iPhones in the next few weeks. Exactly. And I'm looking at you. Yes, yes, <laughs> in particular. yes. <laughs> I'm not sure I've actually broken many iPhones. I break my computer from time to time. I'm not sure I've broken mm. many iPhones. I mean, they get no. decrepit eventually, but... Um, yes. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, that's good. Well, yes, it's just being held by me often means that things go wrong. I think anything being in your vicinity means that things go wrong. Well, I could, oddly enough, I got, I've got warning messages on my iPhone recently that I've never seen before. So I, I have a, uh, you know, an iPhone with the, the, what they call it, the lightning socket, the one they're not going to be allowed to have in the European yes. Union anymore. And so in the car, I like to play some music, and it, my car doesn't have Bluetooth. It's pretty archaic. Um, and he just about got rid of the crank handle. And um, so I have to have one of these sort of splitter things that will let me both charge the phone and um, have audio out to my yes. um, car system. And I had to change it recently because the other one was getting crackly and obviously it was broken. And I kept plugging this thing in and getting a warning that liquid had been detected in the port. You ever oh. had that one? And I kept thinking, well, this is ludicrous because there's no liquid. So I spent ages drying stuff and then it happened again and again. And you do a phone restart, and then you go online and find that Apple somehow seemed to have arranged so that if it's non-Apple product, sometimes they get this rather strange uh, message. Yes. So I've tried changing to a different one, and so far I haven't had the message. But very odd. No no very liquid odd. at all. It's just basically Apple coming up with a spurious message saying, we don't like the fact you're not paying over the odds for Apple products. Well, not only that, but of course, recent iPhones are waterproof. Yes, how yeah. recent? My mine's an 11 Pro. That's not waterproof, is it? Yes, that should be waterproof. Yes. Oh, is it? Oh, because I was yes. on a walk recently and it started raining, and I asked to borrow somebody if I could put my phone in somebody else's rucksack wrapped in a handkerchief in a plastic bag <laughs> because I was terrified that the usual thing would happen. It would stop working, and they'd say, "Oh, you've been using this within, you know, 50 meters of a tap." Yes, <laughs> I think I think you're right. <laughs> so, okay. how waterproof is waterproof? Um, when I fell in a river last year with my phone in my pocket. Oh, you shouldn't do that. Uh, no, I know. I know that now. You didn't tell me before, <laughs> did you? Yeah. yeah. No, uh, no. When I clambered out, my phone was still working perfectly. Wow. That's so that's how impressive. waterproof it is. Yes. Hmm. That's very impressive. Hmm. I was quite pleased. Anyways, well, did you have to dry it out first? This? You put it in a bag no, of rice no, no, no. before you no, dried no, no, it. No, 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 just, just, like just gave it, no, mm. no, just gave it a well, wipe I, over with a damp cloth. Well, I shall bear that in mind if I decide to go swimming over the winter. You should do that. Yeah, I didn't okay. decide to go swimming. I fell off a boat. Um, so, which way is north? Well, it's up, it's up, up, it's up, up that way, yeah. up. Yes, exactly. How do you find it? Well, you find it with a compass. No, you don't find it with a compass because there are three different norths. There is the magnetic north, which is the north according to the Earth's magnetic field, mm -hmm. which is where compasses point, which uh, moves around. Something to do with yes, the yes. molten iron in the Earth's outer core shifting around. There's the true north, which is the point on the North Pole where the lines of longitude converge. Mm -hmm. There's also grid north, which is the north as set by ordnance survey maps, um, which uh, then... Uh, Describe this central meridian in 1936, which combines the grid north and true north. Yes, I never quite but, understand why um, grid north and true north are different. I have no idea. No, it's very odd. I have no idea. No. Yeah, okay. Hmm. But anyway, since um, for many centuries now, the magnetic north has actually been west of Britain hmm. and not on the Greenwich meridian until now. It's been moving east since 2014. And this year, it is crossing the meridian for the first time ever. 
So exciting. Magnetic North, True North, and Grid North will all align. It, right now, you can you can do it in Langton Matravers. Oh. I don't know where that is, but well, if you know no, where no, it no. is, but I have to, I have to say, when we used to play cricket out in in Oxfordshire, maybe, people would go past these place names. The number of places out there that sound like bad actors in a nineteen fifties rep company. <laughs> really I have do, to say, yes. Langton Man Travers is definitely one of them. It does, yeah. doesn't it? Anyway, it'll be over Pool by Christmas. It'll hit Birmingham um, November next year, and it'll reach the Pennines in January twenty twenty five, and then thereafter it'll work its way up Scotland. Do many people still use compasses? Well, I suppose they do. Yes, they, they compasses. I think these days are adjusted, so so they point right. actually to. But with GPS, who still north. bothers with compasses for anything? Well, the people still buy maps, don't they? Can't imagine why. I remember yes, the service I, station I, oh, no, many I, I years like ago. I like maps, but I don't necessarily use a, an old-fashioned magnetic compass anymore. I remember going to a service station many years ago and finding a map that was printed upside down for people who were driving south. Ah, well, I'm surprised we haven't covered that. There was a map that was printed the other way around because it was felt that women were actually better at using a map printed that way around. It was not an economic success, but that was the rationale behind it. Hmm. But yes, intriguing. Yeah. How do we ever get around before things like Satnav? Well, there's a lot of argument. The place you always wanted on a map was always in the fold. Yes, or, of course. Yes. They, they did that the deliberately. Yes. yes, exactly. Yes. <laughs> they knew where you wanted to go. Yes. Absolutely. Uh, now we haven't had one of these yet. So why don't we do that now? Except I can't find it. Oh, yes, here it is. So what now? Well, what now is what then? A couple of weeks ago, we talked about the data speed record having been uh, set by um, the um, Energy Sciences Network. Yes, they could download Net Netflix's entire Netflix in library in seconds. seconds or something. Yeah. That's right. Well, that's been yeah, blasted out of the water by the Technical University of Denmark, who have now achieved 1.8 petabits a second. You probably haven't come across a petabit before, but I it's a lot. Come across a petabit. <laughs> it is <laughs> twenty okay. times faster than the one that was set two weeks ago. And in, uh, I have quite fast internet at home. I have what Virgin call a gigabit connection. Mm -hmm. This is a million times faster than that. It can download twice the global internet traffic every second. That's how fast it is. Wow. It's clever, isn't it? Yes. Sort of on a why, single optical yes. cable. Wonder why? Well, because because they could do it. I mean, obviously they, you they must have had their yeah. nose put out of joint when um, um, the last lot, or they got the Energy Sciences Network when they yes. said, "Oh, we've got the fastest connection oh, in the world." Yeah. Only took two them, weeks, what, two later. weeks to come yeah. out with. Yeah. Yeah. So, talking of uh, transmitting data. As we yes. talked about last week, we talked very briefly about a system where you could shine a laser beam onto an instrument, like a violin. Now, remember. And then a camera pointing at that yes. would pick up the vibrations mm. in the light and then re reproduce the data. So we've known for some time that flickering light can transmit data. If you think yes. of Morse code, for example, or semaphore. Yes. Then that's practically the same thing. Smart glass in windows using dual-cell liquid crystal shutters 
Mm. Not entirely sure what they are, but they rapidly change polarity. And they could replace Wi-Fi. Just with, with your windows, yes. Isn't that clever? So routers typically use between 5 and 20 watts. But the dual-cell liquid crystal shutters use just one watt, and that one watt could come from a solar panel mounted on the outside of the window. And it also only works in good sunshine, of course, but this has been developed by King Abdullah University in Saudi Arabia, where presumably they do have good sunshine for most of the time. Yes, so unlike Langton Maltravers. Unlike Langton Maltravers, exactly. <laughs> yes. But the problem, of course, is the speed at the moment. They can only get 16K. 16K, not very much. I remember I like had a 40K modem. modem. Yeah, yes. exactly. Yeah. Do you remember the James Bond film? Uh, I forget which one it was. One set in Russia, there was a tank driving around with a statue that landed on top of it at some point. And there's a scene in there in which the the baddie goes to buy loads of kit because she wants to set up this um, bugging system. Mm. And she goes down to the the shop and says, and I need need your fastest modem, 14.4K. And the man (laughs) said, ooh, I haven't got any of those in Russia. (laughs) Anyway, so it's not very fast, but the, the professor leading the project has said, we would like to see an increase in the data rates, so. We'll wish him luck. Well, we'd all okay. like to. Yes, okay. Fine, yes. we can join in with that. Um, let us briefly uh, take a pause before we go onwards and upwards. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Sharing ideas about money. This is Share Radio. This is Gadget and Gizmos. Well, these are Gadget and Gizmos. I'm Simon Rose. He's Steve Kaplan. Where now? No, this is Gadget and Gizmos because it's I the name know, of the show. I know. Yes, I know. Yes. As you would say, this is Marks and Spencer rather than these are Marks and Spencer. Ooh. You see, it's a, it's a collective noun. Yes, I suppose so. Despite I appearing suppose. to be plural. Yes. Other departments was, are available as they always have to say on the BBC, which always sounds exactly. so bizarre. <laughs> and, and to my mind, always somehow emphasizes the thing they've just mentioned. It making does, it yes. more interesting mm. and more liable to lead to business than if they hadn't yes. said anything. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. They're, they're all in the pay of big business, I expect. Yes, absolutely. Unlike us. Yeah. We're in the pay of share radio. Yeah. <laughs> not it's big business. Not big business, though. No. Not big business. Self-driving cars. Um, yeah, you may have mentioned cars, the ones before. As we know, yes. just once or twice, and yeah. they use LIDAR to detect uh, pedestrians and mm-hmm. LIDAR being sort of laser-based sensing system. Mm-hmm. And it turns out that if you if you shine a laser mm-hmm. at the LiDAR sensor, it causes a blind spot. And therefore, the cars can no longer see pedestrians. And this is a technique that's been developed by the universities of Florida and Michigan with the University of Electrocommunications in Japan. Doesn't that sound quaintly old fashioned? The University of Electrocommunications. Yes. Mm. yes. And you wonder... Quite why they've done this research, because it's only bad actors, as we now have to say, who could make any use of it. 
Well, that is true. And so all they're doing in reading is alerting bad actors, as you put yeah. it. Yeah. Which includes Langton Travers, of course. Um, uh, <laughs> you're now alerting the fact that if they shine lasers at it, um, the cars won't be able to control themselves. No, because exactly. there seem to be people who shine lasers at um, pilots as they approach um, yes. planes, don't they? That's, I haven't yes. heard about that for a while, so maybe they've somehow stopped that. Um, but yeah, it just seems slightly disconcerting. It really does, doesn't it? Good news for assassins, I suppose. If you want to bump someone off and make it look like an accident, you wish to wait till a self-driving car is coming towards them, and then you can turn them into the car's blind spot. Yes, or even better, wait till they get into a self-driving car and then and are going very fast, and then that's even better. Yes, that's even better, yes, yes. thinking about Although it. Yes. High, well, there you are. Now you're turning yourself into a bad actor. I am. <laughs> yes. Langton Man Travels. Yes. Stylus Thunderstorm. Onwards, onwards, onwards. Onwards. I was going through King's Cross recently and I noticed a falcon flying around, which rather mm. surprised me. And then I found the falcon handler who explained that they hired him out to get rid of the pigeons. Yes, they have so, a broadcasting house. They have. They, hmm. I don't know. I don't know. Not sure if it's a falcon. I can't remember. Yeah, birds of prey are employed around, hmm. well, I'd say London, presumably other places as well, to try and um, yeah. deter. Um, exactly, birds that deposit um, stuff on the because apparently the, the, the stuff is actually does harm the stonework after a while. Apparently, it does. Well, they are an inconvenience in places like King's Cross and yes. Broadcasting House. When it comes to planes, bird strikes are positively dangerous. The mm. the plane that famously landed on the Hudson River in two thousand and nine, mm. which you all know through that Tom Hanks movie. Yes, Sully. Um, Sully, uh, that was uh, because of bird strike, and that's what mm. brought the plane down. So mm. what is the answer? Well, the University of Groningen in Holland uh, is looking at uh, how to how to sort this out, and they have developed a robot falcon, oh. which it looks like a peregrine falcon, which is something that birds are particularly scared of. It has propellers in its wings and a camera in its head, so it's driven remotely by a, mm. an operator at up to 30 miles an hour. And they say when they fly it over fields, then it scares all the birds away. So we could well see these things flying around airports before very long. Is a peregrine falcon not the one that is the fastest creature there is when it dives? When it dives? Dives. When it dives. I I uh, look it up. You you look it up. I don't know. I'm I'm not really au fait with peregrine falcons. It's renowned for its speed, reaching up to 200 miles an hour during its hunting stoop i bet the peregrine i bet the robot one can't do that no 30 miles an hour top speed yeah i'd have thought 30 miles an hour is fast enough especially if you're driving it remotely with uh with a yes you would think if it's actually diving it'll probably go faster than 30 miles an hour once you're actually heading towards the earth you think it would pick up speed but anyway Uh, 200 miles an hour i don't think that's possible Depending on the it height, is. I mean, the, but no, because acceleration due to gravity is nine point eight meters. Well, you per look second it up. Compared, as that's what know. I've just found, and I, I don't, I didn't know the number, but the Peregrine Fault is renowned mm. for the speed of which it can dive. Do you doubt me? Good gracious! I did. Let's move on now to our crowdfunding time of the week. In fact, times of the week, I've got a couple for you this week. Oh, okay. And we have talked much on this show about vast television screens. Remember the very expensive one, which turned mm. into uh, a TV that was a, a, a appeared to be sort of monolithic bench, which raised itself up and then opened itself up concertina fashion. Yes, we couldn't work out who would actually have one, but yes. 
Uh, I'm sure Langton Montrevers would have one in his secret lair while he's <laughs> yes. plotting his his yes. takeover of the world uh, via uh, self-driving cars. Um, well, at the opposite end of the scale, we have the Tiny TV 2, which is even smaller than the Tiny TV, the same people released uh, uh, a little while back. Did we discuss that? I don't remember a Tiny TV. We didn't discuss that because I thought it was silly, but this one's even is it, sillier. Is it for General easy. Jumbo, that comic it character? Is. <laughs> Who was an normal boy but had lots of tiny little soldiers? No, oh, I don't remember. Remote controllable. Oh, General Jumper oh. was wonderful. Yes. What comic was he com- about? Oh, oh. Beano or the Dandy or something like that. I can't remember. Oh, that. no, I read the Beano. Oh, okay. Never never read okay. the Dandy. Oh, well, anyway. Maybe it was in the Dandy. I don't know. So this is 47 millimeters wide. It's just under two inches. And mm. that is the whole TV enclosure. It looks rather like an old what? fashioned cathode ray to, uh, TV, the screen itself is just 26 millimetres or one inch across. Very, very small indeed. Resolution Why? of 216 by 135 pixels. Why? Because. There's no other answer to that because they can do it. It has 8 gigabytes of yeah. storage, mm-hmm. which they reckon can store about 10 hours of video, although the battery only mm-hmm. lasts two hours before you have to plug it in again. And it has a built-in speaker. It has... Uh, a power control and two buttons. One you twist to change the volume and the other one that you twist to change the channel. And what changing the channel actually does is to take you to the next video. And it comes preloaded with a whole load of little videos you can watch. So you can show it to people or you can put your own videos on it. And if that's too big for you... Or a magnifying glass to look at it. You would. If that's too big for you, you might want the Tiny TV Mini which is just <laughs> 26 millimetres across, so about an inch. The screen is 15 millimetres, so just over half an inch, with a resolution of 64 by 64 pixels. It's a little square screen. Mm. If you like the idea of it, and I'm guessing that you don't really, that you can get them now on Kickstarter, or you can pledge for them on Kickstarter, for $49, which is about £43. It's almost worth getting just to sort of show it off to people. Well, exactly. I think that's the only reason you'd want to get one, just so you can show it off to people. Mm. A TV in your pocket. Although, of course, we've all got iPhones in our pockets that have rather better I don't think you should get one, because clearly you didn't read the Beano properly. No. General Jumbo, I've just looked it up, was in the Beano. Not when I used to read it. I bet he was. You look him up oh. afterwards from 1953 1969 and from 74 to 75. And in the middle, there was something called Admiral Jumbo, but that was after my time. Yeah. Oh. So, I mean, we're of a similar age. I imagine right. we, we were. Are, yes. Yeah. Maybe I was a rather slow developer. I was reading the Beano after you, but I don't think so. Hmm. Anyway, we anyway, have time for something else. You have until November the 18th if you like the idea of that one. But our second Kickstarter project hmm. is the Kimos. It's a thermos flask, and as we know, thermos flasks keep things hot for quite a long period. The and cold, and indeed cold. Yes, yes. Well, this one is I studied physics, you know, made for heating things up. Not only that, it can boil its own water. Ooh, on, that's quite impressive, isn't yes, it? Yes, it is. Yes, it can boil two cups of water, so not very much. Doesn't have a big capacity in three minutes, and apparently you can boil boil it five times on each charge. It also retains the heat for five hours after that. So if you want to make a cup of tea, what you don't have to do is to make it at home and then take it along to your football match or wherever you're going and have a stewed cup of tea. You can take some cold water along, add your tea bags, or probably that's even right, tea. That's a very good idea. Very good. Good, the thermos is a weird thing. We're going with tea on picnics, I seem to remember as well, was 
the odd thing was that you couldn't put milk in because the tea tasted absolutely awful. You had to put the milk at the end. Do you remember that from being young? Of course, now yeah. I'm thinking less of cups of tea and more hot toddies. It would be very good for a hot toddy. We are very good for a hot toddy. But you wouldn't how want much is this? to be boiling. Well, it is $94, which is about £82 on the super awesome. early bird, which is still available. And you have until the 24th of November, if you like the sound of that. Well, I think I prefer the mini TV, frankly. Now, you've probably got time for one very short item. Oh, well, let's go into Google, where we can know can translate um, 130 different languages through its mm -hmm. translation service. That's not enough. So they're now saying that they're going to develop AI to develop the world's top thousand languages. Apparently, there are 7,000 languages spoken globally. I had no idea. Yeah. And a lot, of the language, a lot of the languages that Google wants to translate, mm -hmm. uh, they can't find much written material for them. So um, they report that they're looking for audio clips. They, they could try Google, couldn't they? That's the best yeah, way to well, find audio yes, clips in whatever language if, you want. If they can't find the material what's the point in actually having the translator because then they can it's you know oh. it, it's, it's making the world better for humanity do you think More scientists all over the world are wearing little badges saying because we can i don't think they need to i think <laughs> uh, they just take that right. for granted you're right well that's it though for this edition of gadgets and gizmos thank you very much indeed to steve kaplan we will have more at the same time next week is it a gadget is it a gizmo no it's gadgets and gizmos with steve kaplan and simon rose